Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swaddlers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swaddlers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better than the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Welcome to ABG, Asian Boss Girl, a podcast for the modern day Asian American woman. My name is Mel. I'm Janet. And I'm Helen. Twenty twenty has been an eventful year to say the least. And particularly for us as US citizens, there has been no shortage of political and social topics to discuss and be concerned about. A frequent conversation that has come up multiple times these past few months is the opportunity to and importance of voting. And wouldn't you know that August 18th of this year, 2020, marks the 100th anniversary of the 19th Amendment, which guaranteed and protected women's constitutional right to vote. (laughs) However, as Asian American women, this celebration is a little different for us. The 19th Amendment gave women the right to vote, but women of color were still marginalized under this law. The fight for voting rights for women of color continued for many years after 1920. About 20 years after the 19th Amendment was passed in 1943, Chinese immigrants, including women, were granted the right to vote. And about 10 years later, in 1952, first-generation Japanese Americans, including women, were given citizenship and the right to vote. And the Voting Rights Act that prohibited racial discrimination in voting was only passed 50-some years ago, in 1965. These series of events emphasize how powerful, sought after, and precious the right to vote is. Voting is the single most direct expression of how you want the social constructs of your society to be managed. The right to vote is something that we can so easily take for granted. But let's remember that as recent as the generation of our great-grandmothers, women, and especially women of color, were not regarded in political decisions. Can you imagine, especially given the state of today's political landscape, to have to live with the repercussions of our society with no direct way to participate in the selection of our national leader? That's why the recent announcement of Kamala Harris as the Democratic vice president nominee is such a historic moment. Despite what party or politician you endorse, Kamala is the first black woman and first Asian American person to join a major party's national ticket. This is a win for all women and people of color in this country. This episode is dedicated to all the women who have fought, progressed, and won us the opportunity to exercise our civic rights, the right to vote. At a basic level, the definition of voting is a method for a group to make a collective decision or express an opinion. For you ladies, what was your earliest memory of the concept of voting? Oh man, I couldn't think far enough back into my memory for the very first time, but I'm sure it had to do with like choosing free snacks in preschool or something. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I will say that I think in high school, um, it wasn't student government. It was the superlatives for our yearbook. That oh. was something I remember was like a voting ordeal mm. because there, I mean, one, there was a lot of positions that were available that could be filled up. You had like most likely to succeed. You had the class clown. So I remember all of our friends, we were super excited to 
vote for this one. And I don't know if I should mention this, but my group of high school friends, uh, they were mostly Asian. And we actually tried to collude within our group to vote for an Asian person so that we could get someone on the yearbook, which now that I think about it, um, is like very well organized, but I don't know if that was right to do. Um, kind of genius, but yeah. Feel kind of bad about that. It was like a mini campaign, if you think about it. Um, but we did get people on there. We got most likely to succeed. We got best looking, we got best mm. dressed. And I got one of those, but I'm not going to say which one. <laughs> nice. How about for you, Mel? So when I think of campaigning and voting, it has to be high school for me as well. For my high school, uh, we actually ran for homecoming. Or maybe that's just like the, mm. kind of like the unspoken thing amongst, amongst the social circles, but... Uh, when you wanted to run for homecoming, you're like, tell people, oh, can you nominate me for like, you know, mm. homecoming, whatever. And I remember I've been wanting to run for a while, but I was kind of too afraid and too shy because I was thinking, oh, there's no way because I was never in the popular circle in high school. But I finally managed, like muster up the courage junior year to run for homecoming. And it was like a thing. You get to tell your friends like, hey, can you nominate me? And you have some friends of your like, your close friends would uh, spread the word on MySpace. They would spread the word on MySpace mm. and... My friend created this banner and I was like, hey, please vote for Mel and our friend Vin to be homecoming prince and princess. And so I remember it's like talking to people like, hey, don't forget to vote at lunchtime. I also had to create a strategy. And I was like thinking, I was like, you know, I'm not the most popular person on this ballot. Well, how can, what can I do to win? And I realized this is something I'm like, I don't know why this still sticks with me, but I had this realization that if you're in the popular crowd, you're only friends with the popular people in that, in that certain circle. But your goal is to get the majority vote. So how do you get the majority of votes? So I remember like even campaigning in my Mandarin class saying, hey, Gideon, like, you know, I know you don't participate in these activities, but I'd really appreciate it if you go out and vote. And like, my goal was to talk to multiple people. Mm. To, like, so get the, the numbers vote. you wanted. Yeah. To so I knew it was like a kind of a number game. And so I won. I was like, oh. yeah. Oh. So that strategy worked. And the following year, I also ran for senior class representative for like ASB. So um, that's where I learned, you know, voting on that scale as well, like student government. And... We also, like, Helen, like, we kind of band together a certain, certain group of friends. Like, hey, mm-hmm. you're running for president. You're running for vice. Okay, I'll run for a class rep. And this is the ideal cabinet. Mm-hmm. And so we try to campaign kind of, like, collectively. Oh, wow. Did you, were you ASB president? No. So we had, like, ASB and then senior class. Oh, senior class. Okay. But it was called ASB, like, elective or leadership. Um, that was a class. But then, yeah, we'd band together. It's like, hey, if you vote for Annie for president, can you also vote for, like, yeah, Jennifer yeah. for vice? Mm-hmm. Like, all these things. And we'd create posters and, like, put them on, the, like, you know, the, uh, the high school campus. And so, um, yeah, that was like my earliest memory of voting mm. and campaigning was probably high school. Wow. You were very involved. Yeah, I was very, I was very spirited. <laughs> probably still spirited. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm quite impressed that both of your stories involve kind of thinking like strategically mm-hmm. about what your interest is and how to go about doing that in like a school setting, which mm-hmm. is really fascinating. <laughs> yeah. Well, how about you, Janet? So I also thought back like Helen to like childhood. Mm. And I think my very first understanding of voting came from the concept of like, uh, maybe with my group of friends, like we're gonna vote to see what we're gonna do today. Like what, oh. like what game are we gonna play, or what are we gonna do for the next couple of hours? So I was associated voting as a way to implementing fairness, right? Mm. Like everyone gets to get heard and, and contribute. So I wasn't really involved in high school with student government, but in college, um, I was the freshman senator for. Uh, for my college. So there are six colleges at UCSD. It's kind of like Harry Potter, if yeah. people compare it to. But what that means is like our student government class or group was like really large because they had every college. Uh, each of the six colleges has like a representative for mm-hmm. each year. Mm-mm-mm. From participating in that, I started to really shift my understanding of like 
quote unquote politics or voting, um, like really strongly associating that with a sense of responsibility mm. because I saw the inner workings of like how budgets are decided, how like different rules are passed. And um, knowing that I, I took one of the finite number of seats for senators, it was like, if I don't, if I don't vocalize for my constituents, that vote goes to waste and no one, no one from their perspective is like vocalizing something. Mm. So then I started to develop, okay, voting is like something that is like heavily associated with like a sense of responsibility. Yeah. As a like college senator, like how did you get the general opinion of the other students in your college? What I usually would do is like we would have like office hours, but the thing is like most students don't really make use of that, right? Yeah. So oftentimes it was just me like trying as best as I could to either talk to people or just like try to read and be in the know and get like a temperature check of like how different groups of people felt about different mm. things. And honestly, a lot of it came down to like, if you as a per like, cause I was a freshman and I was at Ravel. So most of the time, whatever interested me, like would benefit everyone else. But it just meant that I had to like be very in the know of emails that came through and read through all of these like things that people wanted to pass to make sure that like it didn't screw us over mm. or like that we are represented. Wow. That sounds like legit. Yeah. <laughs> you both sound very legit here. I'm like, oh yeah, we are voting for superlatives. <laughs> That's the extent of what I remember. Girl, I was voting for homecoming, so that's like, <laughs> that's like the same thing. So for Helen, you said that you were voted for one of the superlatives, but you oh, wouldn't reveal. Yeah. <laughs> what would... I'm not going to reveal which one it was, but why don't you, you guess? You can guess. Wait, what were they again? It was... We got the likely to succeed, best looking, and best dressed. Yo. <laughs> all, all, good. all good. Yeah, no, no, you can't go wrong with any of those. Do you not remember? Do you remember? I remember. Oh, I think I remember from one of the other episodes you mentioned. Oh, but shit. I don't remember I which it? one it was. Oh, I know which one. <laughs> which one? I'm not going to say. You guess. <laughs> well, if you're listening to this podcast, why don't you uh, leave a comment in, on our post yeah. and guess which one? Which superlative did Helen get voted in um, in high school? And I'll go through and like the ones that are correct. <laughs> yeah. I would love for you to post a photo from the yearbook. Oh, oh no, yeah, no, 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 no. Um, let me think how to say this. It wasn't... Mm, I'm going to give it away if I say this. It wasn't the best photo. <laughs> oh, so it's the <laughs> oh, <laughs> Wait, I had a question. So when you, like... If you and your friends are banding together, like, oh, we're going to go for the yearbook superlatives. 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. I can't even say the word. Um, how'd you guys decide which one's going to get what? Like, I'm going to go for this, you're going to go for that. Like, how'd you it guys... Was, oh, my gosh. It was so... I mean, we didn't have... We I don't even know if we used like email back then. I don't. Do you yeah, remember email I mean, in high school? It was it was MySpace. Maybe I am aim. Uh, maybe, yeah, messenger? maybe. But we had um, a piece of paper that was passed around, and so oh. you could write next to each of the different superlative super. I can't say it either. <laughs> superlatives, like which which person you want to nominate, and then we had like tallies, oh. like you put a marking next to the person that you want to support. And so once we got to the end of going through our friend group. We're like, okay, this person has the most for this this category, so let's all vote for this person. Mm, okay. That's still very fair. It's a very yeah well thought out process yeah. that engages everyone's like opinion. Yeah. yeah, I forgot who organized it, but I just went along with it. Oh my god! Thank, I, thanks whoever organized it. <laughs> I really want to see this photo now. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> It'll be resurfaced, right? So. <laughs> I do want to add to what Janet said about, like, you know, when you guys are voting, what actually you guys both mentioned this, like, voting at a younger age, like, preschool, or, like, the idea of fairness, because, like, mm. I think about how to, like, teach children the idea of sharing and fair, yeah. right? And I remember little things of, like, in elementary school, you'd get the cups, and there's, like, a popsicle stick, or, like, whoever has the last, the shortest straw gets to decide, or these little yeah, like, games yeah. you'd mm. play. But I don't remember, I don't know if I remember any other types of those things. Like, do we do that now for fairness? Like, who decides for, like, how do we decide now? I feel like now it's a lot more logic-driven. 
And there's, like, a lot of personalities involved now that you have to balance. Mm. So it's not as easy as just, like... You draw a straw. Yeah. <laughs> that's. I mean, I think at the end of the day, majority still kind of goes with yeah, decision-making. Yeah. Mm. But I think it was a lot simpler when we were kids. Yeah. But it's... I mean, it's, you're right, Mel. Like, how do you get kids to buy into that, though, right? Yeah. Like, because so easily someone could just be like, no, that's not how we're going to do it. And you have one person that just kind of yeah, takes over. Yeah. But for some reason, we were able to, like all believe that that was a good way to like make a decision i guess yeah also the stakes were a lot lower then yeah it was like like, (laughs) celery go seek or (laughs) yeah celery and uh or ants on a stick what is it called ants on a log oh yeah for snacks or apple slices Uh (laughs) (laughs) uh-huh like who's gonna argue for what (laughs) that's true well were there conversations about voting in your home when you were growing up did you have conversations about like voting with your parents or older relatives or friends to be honest, my house never really talked about voting. Like, or we never had serious conversations surrounding voting, um, especially about the, like American politics. Yeah, my family talked a lot about Taiwanese politics. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would kind of like passively hear about it, you know, through dinner, or we would always have it on the news. My family's not really into American politics, but they love, like, they they go in with Taiwanese yeah. politics. I remember one at one point in my life, my parents actually flew back to Taiwan to vote for the election because oh, they wow. have dual citizenship. So yeah. it was a huge thing. Like, it's really normal in my family to do that. And so I kind of understood, like, the importance of voting, but not my, like, it's my, my role in it. But yeah, in terms of, like, uh, educating myself at the different political parties. I actually know more about Taiwanese political parties in that, I guess, like, uh, structure versus mm-hmm. the U.S. And I just... That makes sense if that's what you grew up with, too, yeah. in yeah. your household. Yeah. Another thing I also know is, like, I learned from a young age, like, you know, political parties is a sensitive topic. Like, my family was divided. Like, my grandma was one party, my grandpa was another. And so... Oh, wow. On the same side? Like, your mom's parents? Or... Yeah. Or, like, yeah, my mom's parents. Oh, wow. And so... Uh, like my grandpa would go to protests and things like that against the other party. So like they're oh, really wow. active. But mm. then that's something I tell my mom when we meet other Taiwanese people. I'm like, don't ask. I was like, please don't ask them what political party they're from. I was like, you're going to start some like uncomfortable conversation. Because mm. she'll be like, oh, she'll ask like, oh, so what part, what party are they? I'm like, I was like, mom, don't ask that, please. <laughs> so I understand like even within the U.S., like asking are you Republican or Democrat, it is still kind of like a sensitive topic. Mm, but yeah. I think I got the understanding from my parents. Mm-hmm. I do remember I had this distinct memory as a kid going to the voting booths um, with my mom. Because she'll go after work, mm. like, I'll pick you up. We ha- I need to vote this year for mm. the president. And I remember it was Bush's year that I went with her to the voting booth. But the conversation around voting as an American citizen never really came up with me. So I kind of, I think that this is a result of me, like, not being involved as well. Mm-hmm. You weren't as involved in American politics until yeah. later in life. Yeah. More recently. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, that's my history or, like, background in terms of voting or the conversation about around voting. But yeah, Janet, how about you? I think very similar to you, Mel, my parents, like, so they immigrated to the U.S. from Taiwan and also are constantly watching Taiwanese news. Um, So I grew up in a household where they were very informed about things, but I think more on, like, an event level. Like, they weren't Mm -hmm. necessarily as expressive about their opinion, right? Mm -hmm. And the topic of voting itself wasn't necessarily pushed. Mm -hmm. But I do recall, like, during the Clinton era when he was campaigning and then also he had, you know, the two terms – um, I think politics in general and like pop culture became a big mm. kind of topic. And so I remember a lot of dinner or home conversations where my parents would talk about the politics. And I became then aware that there were these things called political parties mm. and that their ideas and values kind of more closely aligned with like a Democratic Party. Mm. And I grew up in Orange County. So among my friends when I was at that age, I could sense the the sensitivity of the topics because I was like, oh, your parents aren't necessarily in agreement with my parents Mm. and maybe we shouldn't talk about this Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
But even so, like, I think I remember similar, like, maybe my mom voting and me going along with her, something like that. But I think they, if they did vote, it was mostly only probably for the presidential candidate yep, and not yeah. really for the other things on the ballot, State right? State and local, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Growing up in that kind of setting was also similar because our parents, like, have different they have a different international home. So in mm-hmm. some ways, I think that they don't necessarily view the U.S. entirely the same, yep. with the same kind of like attachment yeah. as if it's like their home. Mm-hmm. So they are not as like involved. How about you, Helen? I think same as both of you. Um, I think for my parents, getting involved in politics was never mm-hmm. like a prominent conversation within our home. They were they were way more connected to like China politics mm-hmm. than American politics. And they would read Chinese newspapers, not American ones. And they would watch Chinese news, even if it's about America, it would be Chinese news about American news. Like their perspective, right? Yeah, yeah. that no, is exactly. interesting. It, it, it is. But I think it was also because of the language barrier mm-hmm. and making sure that they understood. Because politics and, and like new stuff, it's like hard to understand yeah, it's in terms. a language that's not your native tongue. So they watch a lot of Chinese news um, about China and about, about America. Um, but I think for our household, it was very much like as long as you didn't break the law, you played nice, you did good in school, found a way to support the family. Like they were happy, you know, because this is a country that took them in. Yeah. So it's like learn to play within the system because mm. our lineage has never had a, a hand in this system. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they were passionately like this is right or this is wrong. It's just they were thankful for being yeah. here. I think the topic of voting never really came up with my family. And I kind of just had to learn it myself. Yeah. Yeah. But it sounds very similar to all of our like backgrounds and stories. That's like kind of cool. I guess you could also say of the back end, it's like, oh, but we didn't, we weren't as informed as when we were young. But it's just understanding the like the context and the background of our parents. Mm-hmm. But I think that's also why it's so important um, for for even like us at this age when we have you know the platform and the voice to um, educate other you know younger Asians out there who might yeah. not be having these conversations with their parents, and maybe they're listening to us. So hello, make sure you go out there and vote. <laughs> Yeah, actually, the interpretation that you gave, Helen, reminds me of this quote that I saw where they say, like, my parents came to the U.S. and were focused on survival, and mm-hmm. I have the luxury to focus on, like, self-actualization yeah. or things like that. And I mm-hmm. think that's, it is, like, it is such a privilege to be involved and to make your voice heard in, like, the political system. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, like, for our listeners to understand, like, to not feel guilty if you're not really involved yeah. because to understand the context of how we grew up. But, yeah, using this as an opportunity to then, like, educate yourself. Educate, yeah. yeah. I agree. Um, so if not within your family, when and where did you learn about voting? Like, you know, when was the first time you voted? You know, what resources did you use and who did you go with, if anyone, to vote? So I think like we talked about, like being in grade school, I didn't have the strongest exposure to voting in the household. So naturally, kind of the one period of my life where I started uh, being around a lot of other people was during college. So that was, from my memory, the first time that I became more informed and aware of like the process of voting. And also when I first started voting. And at that time also it was like, because I was in school in like 2003 to 2007. So like the internet and social media wasn't really a big thing and mm-hmm. getting information what wasn't as easy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I vaguely remember probably just like having conversations with some of my like friends. Um, and then when I did go vote, it was only for the presidential candidate. Like mm-hmm. I wasn't read up on everything else. Um, and only like kind of later and actually only in the last five years, I would say because of like social media and the internet and how easy and accessible information has become, I've begun to like actually um, vote for other propositions on the ballot and other, and other roles. But it's still something that like 
I hope to improve on because to this day I think I feel like I still kind of do a little bit of the cramming where like before the Mm -hmm. election something I like try to read up everything versus making it a daily habit or like a weekly habit to just like be in the know of what's happening Mm. how about you ladies um well when I turned 18 which is the legal age to vote in the U.S. it was 2005 so that was not an election year so I think Mm. I think it's when you turn 18 and it's an election year that's when maybe there's a lot more like excitement for oh I'm 18 I can vote now Mm -hmm. but I remember when I turned 18 I was like oh, I can get my, like, my driver's license now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I'm kind of, I'm like a half adult. So that was the exciting part of it. Um, but the first time I voted was for Obama in 2008 for his, for the, for his first term. I was an RA then, and I remember coming back to my dorm from class and just locking my doors, like, no one bothered me, and just sitting in front of the TV and watching his victory speech mm. in November 2008. And I just remember seeing Jesse Jackson, who was a prominent civil rights leader, with like tears just streaming. Do you guys mm. remember that that like image of just tears like streaming down his face, knowing that he stood alongside Dr. King and even witnessed like Dr. King's death and thought about the history that sort of just led up to that moment. And mm. I just remember crying so hard, like no one come in and bother me right now because I just had such like a moment and I felt mm. so mm. proud of having had somewhat of a choice in choosing him. Yeah. Um, and I, I do really love that Obama was like the first person that I had really voted for. In terms of the resources that I used, on campus, there was a lot of buzz around the election. Uh, I registered to vote online, and I just used like my friends as resources. I was heavily involved with like the Asian orgs on campus, and I actually went back to my earlier emails to see like what resources did I use. Mm-hmm. And I found an email from my CSA team, Chinese Students Association, and the title of the email was in caps, and it said, "More important than your mom," <laughs> sort of. <laughs> It basically said, like, CSA encourages you all to vote. Mm -hmm. And they also detailed out, like, this year's election may be one of the most pivotal for young Americans. Issues that will be addressed by the next president include higher education affordability, which affects your tuition bill in the coming year for BC, economic reform, which will directly affect job acquisition after you leave BC, and foreign policy, which impacts the individuals you may know that are currently serving in Iraq. And then there was a table that showed, like, the difference between McCain uh, and Obama in a summary of their issues and platforms. So that was incredibly cool. Uh, and if Vicky and Angel, y'all were the co-presidents then, thank you for making politics very relatable during that time. Yeah. Um, and I think that did help me to know the issues instead of like researching yours, especially when you're busy, you're in college and you know, you're just focused on school. It was a good way to be like, oh, this is bigger than myself and it's important for me to get out there and just go yeah. vote. Yeah, the specific, even the specific examples of how this directly affects you, that I wish we could get that Same. available yeah. on a national level for everyone. Yeah, I think that is important, especially when you're just getting into politics and there's so much to learn and yeah. so much to consume and, and break down and summarize that when it's there for you, like, how does this affect me? Mm, it's yeah. the it's the best, you know, um, like bite-sized way to understand politics. That's a great story. Yeah. I always thought politics was super intimidating. So having so, like someone, like a catchy email that is also really informative and like relatable yeah. and easy to like digest is something I think a lot of people need entering this space. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When did you turn 18, Mel? I turned 18 in 2009. So I was still in high school. But I actually remember watching him win and, fe- and feeling a certain type of way too. And the scene that got me was they had uh, like a live a live feed from Africa. From his like, mm. I think his like father. From Kenya. Like, yeah. yeah. And just seeing their reaction, I was like, holy shit. This is like a fucking global scale. And you can see how people are, it, how it makes an impact to yeah. see someone that looks like you. You know, win this type of, um, this like, per- like prestigious role of president, right? For the most powerful country in the world. Yep. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. So I remember feeling like, oh shit. Um, but in terms of like what I learned about voting, 
I learned about it in high school through political science elective. Oh, mm. what? Mel, I cannot see you in political science <laughs> it, it elective. Was, it was mandatory. What? Sorry, it was, it was not elected. It, it was not mandatory. a choice. It, it was a choice. <laughs> like, in my high school, it was like one semester or one half of the semester, you have to do economics mm. and the other half you to do political science. Mm. Wow. From a very young age, I honestly hated it. I yeah. hated this class. I never understood. Like, I was like, when they're going into like the whole Senate House of Rep, I was just like, what the fuck are you saying? Like, I don't, I don't, <laughs> yeah. I, so I never really enjoyed yeah, poli yeah. sci. And so the concept of voting has always been really hazy for me. When I think about voting, I feel like people would always tell me I should vote. But I never really understood what the direct result of voting was. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why I kind of ignored the action of voting. Yeah. And um, when if you were to ask me, like, when, when was my first time voting? Or when was the first time I voted? I would have to, like, honestly say it was last year. I felt for the longest time the fact that I wasn't, like, quote-unquote, well-informed um, to make a legitimate vote. And I'll see this in my parents, too. I always felt like that wasn't enough. So I, I don't, I shouldn't exercise my right to vote because I'm not even informed enough to do it. I don't know how to be informed and because my mom actually said that growing up, she's like, oh, I'm not informed either. So she would sometimes skip elections. So I was like, oh, okay, if that's the thing, then I'll do it too. And I also felt this sense of like, kind of like social pressure, like, oh, you should vote, you should. I'm like, oh, but I don't feel like, I don't know why I'm voting though. I didn't really mm-hmm. understood. And I feel like our friends never really talked about it. They just said, you should. Mm-hmm. And I'd hate when someone tells you, you should. You know, you're like, I feel more turned off by the idea of voting. And I really did feel like it was something I always avoided. Mm-hmm. But then I do think, you know, in the past few years, um, being surrounded by my friends and like I wrote I wrote here um, as after wanting to know what's going on in the world and like tackling this fear of making the wrong decision I wanted to take action and honestly I was really inspired by having Krista Sell on the podcast I feel like she mm-hmm. made the idea of politics kind of approachable and I was like okay this is not as scary as I think it is and you know hearing you guys talk about politics and or having conversations I'm like kind of like passively listening I'm like oh, okay this is something I should be aware of um, I remember on one of my trips with Helen in Asia, we were on our last stop and all of a sudden she was on this bus and she like pulls up her phone and I heard her listening to a podcast. I'm like, what are you doing? We're on vacation. <laughs> and she was like, I'm listening to NPR. I just feel like disconnected. I kind of want to know what's going on. And I'm like, oh, that's like, and I thought that was like really cool. It <laughs> thanks, was, thanks, Mel. <laughs> yeah, and I think ever since then, I kind of just like made NPR kind of more like a, at first, I listen to it every morning now. Yeah. So just like these little, little steps I started taking to like trying to learn about voting and what's going on in the world. And even following CNN and New York Times, which is little things. I'm like, you know what? I want to educate myself more. And so I think I reached a point where I was like, you know what? I'm going to actually vote. So I voted last year. It was um, just like local voting, the propositions and whatever. And it felt very empowering. Yeah. And I understood the feeling of like, oh, shit, this is a feeling people get when they're voting. And I was like proud to say I voted and wear my sticker. And I was like, oh, shit, like I feel like I'm doing my part. Mm. And in terms of resources, I think NPR is a great just like a daily dose of digestible news uh, what's going on I do the skim um, and honestly my friends are really great at giving resources because they're also understanding like they they're really good at giving you articles like what's biased what's mm-hmm. not biased and Vox was really helpful so I was able to tap into my friends and read certain articles it was so funny because when I was learning how to vote for the first time I actually called my friend Sally she was like a poli sci major mm-hmm. like big on immigration and like you know wants to be a lawyer and she like sat me down I felt I was back in high school again she's like okay house representatives this is what they do senate this is what the senate does and I was like okay and I was like taking notes and she's like you know what just watch this and she sent me the school of rock like <laughs> the video where they sing along Mm. In school of rock it's like this video they played in, in high school and i had to like sit down and just watch it like a 10 year old i'm like oh i know i kind of get it and so i mean there's no shame in like yeah. relearning these things that yeah. you learned when you're like what an elementary or high school so 
I feel like got into voting again and yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to like actively participate, you know, moving forward. It's interesting listening to your stories, how much um, evidence it is like the, the people around you impact, yeah. like with Helen, like in college, being able to be sent an email like that with mm-hmm. direct, like, mm-hmm. Hey, this is what this big random like proposition means for your specific life. Yeah. And then with Mel, like if you feel like that was not there and then you kind of sought it later in life. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, both are wonderful paths to take um and just I think probably for our listeners it's like if you are getting emails like that like take advantage of the resources if you're like on a college campus and then if you don't have that to like don't be ashamed to like reach out to your friends and to like watch the school of rock Mm -hmm. to get you know like a refresher I think that's why also like even nowadays when I'm like even on social or talking to friends I always want to give articles for people to learn because I feel learning it's like it's it's powerful. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Knowledge and is power. Yeah. And there's no shaming in it. I think that versus like saying like, you should do this, I'm mm. more, I refrain from doing that because I've been in the, I've been on the receiving end and I did nothing with that, mm-hmm. to be honest. Mm-hmm. When it comes to deodorant, I've been wanting to switch to a more natural product for a while now, and Native is just that. They also have incredible scents to choose from. I'm a big fan of their lavender rose. It's like going through life with a floral garden in my armpit, (laughs) and it leaves me feeling more refreshed compared to other brands. I don't know if it's an ABG thing, but we're constantly talking about how we sweat a lot. It's almost a guarantee during a meeting that at least one person says, I'm sweating or I need deodorant. Deodorant is a must-have product in our baths, and trust me when I say I tried a bunch of deodorants, I truly have. Some brands I've tried actually damaged my skin, so I was happy to have found Native. Native is vegan and never uses products like aluminum, parabens, or sulfate. Beat the heat and try Native risk-free. Every product comes with free shipping within the U.S., plus free 30-day returns and exchanges. Make the switch to Native today by going to nativedo.com abg, or use promo code abg at checkout to get 20% off your first order. That's nativedeo.com abg, or use promo code abg at checkout for 20% off your first order. The three of us recently tried out Thrive Market. They're delivering organic and sustainable groceries right to our doors. From items like liquid aminos to organic beef jerky to this incredible lavender essential oil I tried recently, they have a bunch of different food items and self-care items to try. I've also noticed 25% or more savings compared to my local grocery store. Thrive Market tailors to over 70 different diets and values, like paleo, keto, or plant-based. Delivering the highest quality organic and sustainable essentials from groceries, healthy snacks, meat and seafood, clean wines, non-toxic cleaning, and bath and body. As a Thrive Market member, I get the products I love and my paid membership provides a free one for someone in need, like a low-income family, teacher, veteran, or first responder. Go to thrivemarket.com ABG. Join today and you'll get a free gift of your choosing up to $22 in value. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash A-B-G to start your risk-free membership and get a free gift today. Thrivemarket.com slash A-B-G. Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swathers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swathers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better than a leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. 
And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. G. Okay, so this question might be a little bit like broad, um, but answer however you you know however you feel. Um, what does voting mean to you, and has that meaning changed, especially with the recent social and political events? Ooh, big question. Um, voting to me is definitely a powerful reflection of my freedom that I have. I mean, I used to fall asleep in history class all the time, mm-hmm. even though I took AP history, and. <laughs> I think it was because I never felt connected to it, Mm. Um, mainly because we're like born into the system that generally felt safe. Mm. And so you don't learn to question the government. It was just like this adult topic that you didn't need to be involved in, you know. But now there's something I feel like there's something about history and politics that I really do enjoy, kind of like you, Mel, where you're like coming of it's almost like a coming of age or coming of knowledge type of thing where when you know what's going on in the world, it does feel very, very powerful. So knowing the world and knowing the history of the world is very important to me now. Um, and I feel like when I'm in the voting booth, I honestly have this like visceral feeling thinking about our country and like certain leaders in our country, like Malcolm X and Dr. King and Rosa Parks, Angela Davis, these people who like fought so hard to get to where we are today so that we and like everyone listening on this podcast can actually like stand there at the booth and like partake in this like just an equal system. Like I actually feel teary-eyed just like mm. thinking about it and it's kind of it's kind of lame but like no, it's true it's that's like th- yeah yeah that, that is how i feel though because to me like voting is an accumulation of like the women's suffrage like parade back in 1913 the 19th amendment which is why we're even talking about this um having this topic right now for this episode and then the you know the susan b anthony's and ida wells of our history so every time i vote even if it's like a local election i do feel very teary-eyed and like thankful and i think these are the times where I do feel very American too. Mm. And I feel very connected to my country. It almost feels like you could, I could feel this like thread weaving me back to the past leaders that fought and died and pushed this agenda for us to be here to vote. So for me, it is a very powerful feeling that I don't think I get any other place, mm. you know, mm-hmm. just because it is very, it's a direct um, action that you're taking in solidifying almost like your place in this country. Oh, that was so beautifully yeah. stated. <laughs> I'm just looking at you in awe. I know, so I'm so looking at me. <laughs> let's, let's go vote together and, and try <laughs> together, guys. Yeah, I'm down. How about for you, Mel? Well, in terms of like, I definitely think the recent social and political events have definitely impacted my decision to vote in this year's election. I loved history um, in high school and in college. I actually took it as an elective because I loved just learning about just like the background of different countries. But I realized actually I'm, I'm more into other countries' history than the U.S. for some reason. Mm. And I find myself even more interested in like different Asian countries. Like, I love hear, learning about Korea and yeah. then Taiwan, about the history about that they usually uh, have a deeper history too maybe yeah, that's why yeah yeah and i also think maybe it's maybe it's rooted from like my parents being really more involved and having a stronger connection with taiwan and mm-hmm. stuff and so i feel even more like that mm-hmm. i wish i could i want to like ref- like freshen up my memory and like knowledge of american history because i i think for me i kind of black out before <laughs> F- before fdr's era 
you know, because I remember mm-hmm. enjoying FDR and then everything after that. So I think it's really powerful when you're talking about, like, I feel so connected to these people. I was like, you know, being an American citizen, I should feel like, I, I kind of, I want to feel that connection as well. But there's, I think for me, it's actually why I feel like, you know, with the recent social political events, um, after learning about what was going on, there's like this click in me in like how our system was not working. Mm-hmm. It felt like a loss of innocence. Because I think, like you said, when you come into this country, like our parents come into this country, we're learning about all this stuff. We're not down to question the system. But recently with all the events going on, also just hearing you guys have conversations, like Janet talking about like the structure is is wrong. This, it's unjust. I'm like, oh, you know what? She's right. And then I just looking into my looking into this uh, information myself, I was like, you know, I saw why, how, why, and I realized for the first time how voting is a direct action and response to these type of injustices yeah. or like um, lack of like structures in our society or like the downfall of our structures so like when I was reading these articles the only answer I could I could think of is like yeah I just really need a vote like th- my my voting is my is my power as a U.S. Mm-hmm. citizen if I were to have any type of you know superhero powers and just think it's a direct action to making things better in this country and I think for the first time ever, I feel more equipped to make a right decision for myself instead of being afraid. And so I feel like, okay, I did it before. I could do it again and find the right articles to research and not be influenced by my friends, but truly what I believe I think is right for this country and for, you know, my local county. So yeah, I feel very empowered this year to make to make a decision. I don't know. I feel more like I feel a stronger feeling when announcements about elections coming. I'm like, oh shit, I'm going to do my part. I'm going to like, like, it's like you're preparing for battle. Mm-hmm. That feeling. Yeah. Oh, interesting analogy. Yeah. yeah. I do think that like with Black Lives Matter, we heard mayors across across the country and celebrities and even Obama saying, don't like plunder, don't loot, like go and vote. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's as if like the plundering and the voting are almost equal. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to that saying of how like the pen is mightier than the sword. Mm-hmm. But it's like voting is your sword. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you, you can't go out and like kill people you don't like. Right? <laughs> like you got to like vote that shit out. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so it is a very, um, I think that's where also the, the fire comes in because mm-hmm. it does feel like, like you were saying, it feels like you're going into battle. Yeah. 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 I, I don't know why I think of Avengers Assemble. <laughs> oh, my Marvel side. Um, but Janet, how about you? Uh, so it's interesting as I was listening to you ladies share your first voting experience, I realized that I think I'm probably the, like just at the tail end of the generation before. So yeah. when I voted, I think it was for Bo- like the Bush era. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that means though that like I grew up kind of with the luxury of a pretty calm and peaceful political landscape. Mm. So to me, I always thought of voting as like, I always related it to like civic duty or obligation and it felt kind of like, a task that you had to do and that was like a should right yeah. um, and I think only like you both have vocalized recently with all the stuff that's happening in our current society I start to really flip the way that I view voting and understand how much of a privilege that is mm. and to be honest like I still feel very um, very like nervous about my like political understanding of things but um, I think being able to live through some of the events that are happening with like Black Lives Matter and even for us like we are doing our homework and like researching and reading as a part of that mm. I feel like I'm naturally like it's 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 starting to make the stories that you read in the history books like more like attainable or like it's relatable relatable yeah exactly no you brought up a good point because i feel like finally i don't want to say this way but you know in high school you're learning about history like i don't understand how this applies to me but now like in the era we live in you see how everything is connected like mm-hmm. truly connected mm-hmm. and you're like oh shit like, everything just makes more sense now yeah I think in the in the past you're just thinking like oh everything's so fucked up oh they fix it okay we're good yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. but now that we're learning about our current political system we're like oh wait it's not good yeah but yeah, yeah I'm sure during like the Bush era like I, I think also 
there, there's something with the spread of social media too because mm-hmm. back then you didn't get the information as easily yeah and now now we can learn about it in our own way rather than being fed it through like our history books and just mm-hmm. what our teachers told us yeah well ladies how do you plan on preparing to vote this november of 2020 it's coming up soon i will continue to listen to npr <laughs> and um, I actually put it on my calendar, all the different um, debates and conventions going on, just to get mm. my, keep, make sure I'm aware of the of when when um, the debates are happening. Because I feel like I actually never watched a debate because I get you guys know me. I also don't like um, confrontation. I feel like debates can be a little confrontational. Oh, intense, yeah. Yeah. I like them; they're fun. <laughs> I know. Hella like, like, oh my god, just do that part. Yeah. So that's probably one of the few things that I do tune into usually. Yeah, yeah. I get like I just my stomach just kind of like gets uncomfortable you guys know me um so i actually put on the calendar this time to watch it maybe watch it together um because i want to hear what they have to say in terms of references i do think i like watching video references like vox is really great the daily show like i absorb content better that way so i'll probably continue to do that and just like you know tap my friends who are more um involved in politics for their articles they they probably refer me to read into Mm -hmm. yeah and probably tap you too i did that last time too how about you jay So this year's election is a bit unique. Uh, We are in the middle of a global pandemic. So, uh, you know, we might not feel the most safe about going to vote in person. Um, And the next option would seem to be to vote by mail. However, you know, there's been so much conversation um, about Trump, you know, really intervening with the effectiveness of USPS. So if we're afraid of our ballots not getting in in time through the mailing system, uh, the option that we've researched and found and heard a lot about is, um, you know, to continue to request a mail-in ballot, but instead of uh, mailing it in, to uh, Google your supervisor of elections to see where you can drop off your mail-in ballot. And uh, every state should have this available to them. So, uh, you know, it's important to look that up and then also do this as early as possible to avoid a last-minute crunch. And just make sure you're registered. Check USA.gov to confirm uh, and make sure you're registered before your state's deadline. Each state has a different deadline. California's is October 19th or 20th. Yeah, no, I also plan to vote by mail like you, Janet, and probably like you too, right, Mel? Because mm-hmm. um, it's just safer to do so. I, I went down to uh, Ace Hotel in downtown LA, which I think is the only place to vote in downtown. Um, and the line was like, three hours long something ridiculous and mm. i did have my uh my ballot already so i was able to sort of like walk to the front and mm-hmm. just drop it off but if i didn't have that then you would have to wait in line for such a long period of time and pandemic and all of that just make sure that your state does provide vote by mail and make sure and make sure you vote make sure you support your parents maybe they don't they're not as informed as we all discussed here you know maybe they're not as informed with american politics but Get them out there to vote as well. I think this year is going to be a very pivotal year. Mm -hmm. So it's very important to get the message out there. Here at ABG, we talk a lot about our career moves, what we foresee for our personal relationships in the future, and the thought of starting a family. All three of us have expressed that we want kids, some sooner than others. Nowadays, women are having children later, but biology hasn't changed, and we need tools to understand the future of our fertility. Modern Fertility is the easy and affordable way to test your fertility hormones at home with a simple finger prick. Fertility wasn't something I thought I had to prioritize or look into since I'm not expecting to have kids anytime soon. However, after some research, you realize it's never too early to start planning if you want kids, and its timeline is dependent on your fertility. With Modern Fertility, you get insight into how many eggs you have, your hormone levels, and any reproductive red flags. The results are super detailed and go in-depth into what every hormone means. 
Right now, Modern Fertility is offering our listeners $20 off a test when you go to modernfertility.com ABG. That means your test will cost $139 instead of the hundreds or thousands it could cost at a doctor's office. Get $20 off your fertility tests when you go to modernfertility.com ABG. modernfertility.com ABG. Thank you all for joining us in this conversation, reflecting on a basic right that we may have a tendency to take for granted, to view as an obligation, or maybe even feel overwhelmed with to the point of just not wanting to participate. The right to vote is truly a powerful one, and we hope you will have conversations among your friends and families to educate yourselves and feel confident about exercising that right in the upcoming election and for many elections to come. We do have links and codes for our partnerships that we feature in today's episode, and they can be found in our show notes. And for more partnership discounts, head over to our website at asianbossworld.com partnerships. We also have a new line of merch out, our summer 2020 collection. You can get yourself the badges tee, all lids tee, a classic canvas tote, and a variety of fun pins. Head to asianbossgirl.myshopify.com to get yours today. You can find us on all the podcasting platforms. We are Asian Boss Girl. Follow us on Spotify, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, and leave us a rating and review. If you'd like to support us through monthly donations, you can do so at anchor.fm slash asianbossgirl slash support. We are also very active on social. Our handle is at asianbossgirl. If you resonated with today's topic, screen cap the podcast, tag us, and we will reshare on our IG story. Also, you can find us on YouTube where we have started posting some videos. Subscribe at asianbossgirl. And thank you so much to our super talented editor, Michelle, for working all her magic on our episodes, including this one. We'll catch you all in the next episode. Bye. Bye.